0: We just stepped on their face with a half boot and broke their nose. One, two,
1: three. Welcome to the Tyrone Sports Podcast, the podcast of champions. And I'm joined by my, my two fellow UGA Championship alumni brothers, Scott the Stat Assassin, Dr. J. Dr. J, tell the people what's up.
0: We'll never replace Stetson.
1: <laughs> and Scott, tell the people what's up. Not one, not two. <laughs> so, um, it's been about a month since we last talked to y'all. We are still highly excited about the uh championship dynasty that we've established here at Georgia. First team to ever win back to back college football, champ- football college football playoff championships. Not the first to ever win back to back championships.
2: First, first, the only, the last. Yeah,
1: that's. Um, this will be the last Georgia content for a little while. I am going to go back into some Hawks and Braves stuff eventually. Uh, oh, don't make me talk about this Hawks team. Yeah, let's not. They're losing to the Hornets right now as we speak. Um, so Jonathan is a Memphis fan, and while everybody in the Western Conference hates them, his team is actually good. Um, so yeah, they're
0: good. Y'all better so, get on the train.
1: Yeah. Um. So we will we will be um surrogate uh Memphis Grizzlies fans in the playoffs. Scott and I will text you about mm-hmm. those games because the Hawks are probably going to be one and done and get bounced. Anyway, y'all didn't tend in for that. We came to give you everything you need to know about Georgia's 2023 offseason, who we lost, who we gained, coaches, players. Let's go. First of all, guys, who did we lose to the draft and or graduation slash eligibility? Because it's funny to say graduation now because, you know, some of these guys have been here six years. So who did lose to lose the draft, Scott?
2: Uh, yeah, we had some early guys. Bye early is debatable. What does early mean anymore? But guys yeah, that could have right. returned, uh, Roger Jones, Keely Ringo, Donna, Washington, Jalen Carter, some of your actual true early guys, right? Your, your three year yeah. guys, uh, Warren McClendon, Kenny McIntosh, Kyrus Jackson, Nolan Smith, Warren Erickson. And then your you know, senior to super senior variety here. <laughs> uh, Stetson Bennett, the fourth, uh, Chris Smith, Robert Beal. I think 12 guys invited to the NFL Combine. Wow. I forget one of those 12 we listed isn't because I think we have a specialist. But anyway, 12 guys invited to the Combine. I don't know, usually 75 80% of the people at the Combine get drafted. Yeah. You're looking at expected about 10 guys drafted, something like that, give or take.
1: And we're not going to spend a lot of time on this, but Broderick Jones, Keely Ringo, Darnell Washington, Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith all are going to be top 45 picks, more than likely. Mm-hmm. Uh, could all go in the first round, probably not likely, but probably will all go in the top 50 picks of this NFL draft. So it'll be interesting to see. Probably three in the first round for sure. It could be as many as five, probably guaranteed
2: five in the first two rounds. So yeah, yeah you know, Darnell being a tight end, tight ends aren't mm-hmm. super high priority. So no. a guy could be an awesome tight end and still go in the first mm-hmm. half of the second round. Yep. And somebody like, Keely Ringo could go tenth or fortieth, yeah, because he's going to be yeah. very much a a scheme fit kind of guy. So there's some variability there.
0: I know. I know we're not going to spend like a like a ton of time on this, but it occurs to me Broderick Jones is the most unbelievably anonymous player in the history of Georgia football, he was so freaking solid at left tackle. I like, I never noticed him. He never got called for a penalty. Like I actually couldn't tell you anything about what he does really good or like how he projects (laughs) as an NFL prospect. I have no clue at all because he was invisible on the field for two years. He was an absolute rock.
1: And he's going to go in the top 20. That's what everybody has a predict. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh,
2: really? Oh, like you said, Jay, yeah. I was like,
1: oh, okay. I knew he was good, but oh, okay. Oh,
2: right. He, he's <laughs> sort of in the consensus group of the top three tackles, which is Skronsky from Northwestern and uh, Paris Johnson from Ohio State. I think a lot of people kind of have Jones as the third, but yeah, then sort of a big fall saying. off after that. There's also a good chance that after they do the underwear Olympics, all <laughs> of a sudden Jones is going to be – not third out of three anymore. I think he's going to be a good athlete.
0: And I'll say it this way, and we can talk about this later. I'm afraid we might miss him more than we think.
1: Hmm. Okay. Um, That segues into other people we're losing. Jay, will you go through the transfers for us?
0: Right. So, um, guys gone to the portal, uh, 10 in all. Uh, So, actually, in order of snaps in 2022, Tresman Marshall... Dominic Blaylock, Ad Mitchell. Uh, then very quickly you get to guys who played very little, <laughs> if at all. <laughs> uh, Ryland Godey, Um, How many dog fans out there even know what position he plays? It's uh, tight end, by the I way. I know he's a
1: tight end only because I saw him in spring practice, which is the only time he, you he, saw him.
0: He, he is a tight end uh, when all the tight ends were hurt. Bill Norton, MJ mm-hmm. Sherman, Arik Gilbert, Brett Seather, Jaheim Singletary, and Jacob Hood. Another quiz. Jacob Hood, position?
2: Do you not know who yeah. he is? Yeah, offensive line, offensive, offensive tackle. Line, He's from Jake North Carolina, him. I think, if I remember. All He's the, a three-star All, all, guy all the, all the best of these one guys.
0: Year. So, I mean, clearly, like, yeah. didn't lose. And the one that you can imagine missing the most is A.D. Mitchell. Mm-hmm. For sure. For me, like, the most surprising of, like, guys that didn't rise to the top Maybe excluding arik Gilbert just because of all of his circumstances uh, is MJ Sherman like he was just a guy that just never really made it.
2: It's a dude that never got back to being explosive after tearing his ACL or whatever his senior year of high school. Yeah, so he's one of those dudes that was like a five star guy and then tore up his knee and then wasn't explosive anymore. And he's an edge rusher, so
1: and the issue is when you look and see Jalen Walker and Smile Munden playing a whole lot and you look at and marshall in front of you not playing a whole lot it's pretty easy to do that math and be like well shoot i got i've already got two in front of me and then two more that are barely playing in front of me so deuces
2: oh and and some of these guys like mj sherman for example he didn't choose to leave georgia i mean they you know in a lot of these guys it's that case and i don't know choice is a weird Word because, on some degree, to some degree, he did choose to leave Georgia. But, like, he's had family members be very vocal about, Hey, the coaches told him there's no future for you here. If you mm-hmm. ever want to play, you're going to need to leave, that kind of stuff. And so, of this list, <clears throat> most of the guys are that. Like, Rylan Godey said that he didn't want to leave. He just, you know, they told him he's never going to play and he knows yeah. he wasn't going to play. Same with Bill Norton same with Brett Ce you know those you know, the guys that have been around three four years and graduated in some cases yeah. and have like one career catch you know they yeah and you still need about 10 guys to leave before the fall to get down to 85 Dope. a lot of okay. these yeah exactly so there will be more um so a lot of these were just kind of uh numbers cut basically.
1: I didn't know that. I didn't know that context. And the one that obviously isn't is Jaheim Singletary. I mean, he was a five star freshman. I mean,
2: mm-hmm.
1: he, the, him leaving is interesting to me. Um, I don't know if that means that he feels like he's behind Nylon Green. So he's fourth in the depth chart. He's behind Dale and Everett. Uh, yeah. And he's behind Green. And Nylon Green. Okay. I didn't think about right. Everett, him being in the same class. That makes and, sense. So he's, and, so he's a, potentially the fifth corner this past year and the fourth next year.
2: And he came in with a group of like four pretty good, good corners. corners. So yeah, there's no yeah. guarantee he's above any of the other corners that are his same class, right? Uh, he was also a guy that there was kind of rumors that he got, he was kind of homesick, you know, from like day one. One of he's those, a of guys. That, right? yeah. 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 So there was some of that. Who knows if that's true or if that's why he transferred and all, but you know, yeah. He, he's super talented. He's, you know, one of the, handful of guys on here that you know could have had a really big impact you know marshall and blaylock could have both played a role they both played a role in the past but they weren't like gonna change your offense or defense no and ad mitchell in theory could have been a top receiver Uh, yeah we've only ever seen it for like a couple playoff games at a time and then (laughs) a whole season gone by and then a a couple playoff games but
1: well, and you put in a note here, Scott, that eight of the 10 guys have already found new schools, all of them power five. Like I know a couple of them landed at Nebraska. I don't remember where the other ones are, and we're not, we're not going to go through all of this. But I did not know that context that a lot of these guys were essentially being say, hey, son, the portal's your best option. They got the Deion Sanders treatment. Oh. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to become a more common trend where coaches say, you know, scholarships technically aren't renewable. So we're not going to pull your scholarship, but um we're gonna highly encourage you to go elsewhere and I can tell you this firsthand talking to my former player at Georgia Tech when Coach Key took over as interim coach he actually straight up threatened people like yeah I will take your scholarship we already suck so I might as well get the kind of guys near that fit my culture and he actually did threaten to take scholarships like I will not have your scholarship for you next year and I think one of the reasons that you see that is because they can go out the portal and get people to come in, and George Tech has done pretty well in the portal so, portal so far. So that's the that's the personnel, and obviously the very very tragic loss of Dylan Willock, Devin Willock, who was going to play a ton. I mean, that's just I mean, now you account for that, but that's another offensive lineman that we lost. A uh, guard, wasn't he? What was guard?
0: Yeah, who's been yeah, um, guard all
1: year? Yeah, and played in every game this year, so he was going to play a ton. And one of the biggest concerns we've talked about in this podcast was losing one of the best assistant coaches in the country and our offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin. He hasn't left yet, yet. And Scott's crossing his hands in prayer. Y'all like, (laughs) I mean, I'll be honest. I think Mike was a good OC, but if he's the backup plan, I don't know if that's the case. I have not heard that. That's just me doing the math in my head. Um, I'm not excited about that. I, we averaged 37 points a game when he was here. I mean, he's capable, but, he runs a 2010s offense, and I just would like to see a more innovative mind. Uh, and not that Mike Boba couldn't have grown since he was last ROC, whatever it was, eight years ago, but that doesn't excite me a whole lot. We need Todd Munkin to stay, and he's, I think, still interviewing with NFL jobs. I know he had a second interview with the Ravens. Um, is he in the running for any other ones that y'all know of?
2: Not really. He interviewed really. in Tampa Bay, but I don't think he's super interested. So, yeah.
1: I mean, the, the best thing that could happen for us is for Lamar Jackson to get traded and him to no longer be interested in the Ravens. I would love him mm-hmm. to come to my Falcons. Um, I we might cost my Falcons three first-round picks, but you know, hey. All right. So mm-hmm. who did we gain? And what's interesting here is that a lot of positions that we lost people at, we didn't necessarily replace for the reasons that you said, Scott. Like we didn't replace Trezor Marshall and NJ Sherman and inside linebacker because well, they were already at the bottom of the depth chart. Like the guys that are their age in front of them are already in the rotation and we're recruiting good guys behind them. So the three portal people that I have, and y'all correct me if I'm wrong on this smoke Bowie, who's I believe is going to playing cornerback. He was kind of a corner safety hybrid. They didn't really know he was going to play. He was at Texas a and this past year, four-star recruit part of that really big recruiting class. I think he's going to end up being a corner or maybe even a star because that corner safety hybrid makes for a perfect star. But, um, he didn't play very much, played in seven games, had a few tackles, and you essentially are swapping him from Jaheim Singletary the way I see it. Highly recruited corner, blue chipper for another blue chipper. Then we got raw Thomas um, from Mississippi State, outside receiver, caught six touchdowns, like 700 yards. If you haven't seen his stuff, it's a bunch of work in the red zone. He's not catching 80-yard bombs. He's catching a slant at the 20 and running it in or catching a lot of contested fade balls and I don't want to make the comparison to A.D. Mitchell because I don't think he's that good, but he would give you some of the similar stuff. A better comparison might be like a Lawrence Cager where he's can he he's got good hands, he's good in the red zone, but he's not like a future first-round draft pick. Yeah, Javon Wims. That's a good one too, Javon Wims. And I don't know if he's even that good, but that's the that's the, that's the the skill set comparison. That's definitely the skill set comparison, yeah.
2: Yeah, so part of why I kind of – gravitate to the javon Wims comp is that both of them are like i don't know six one but play like they're six three and a half yeah and they don't and, run
1: great but they weren't good enough. yeah
2: yeah they're both like six one four or five guys yeah. but they play like they're six three or six four really good on the contested catches so
1: i was very surprised when i watched how good he was at the catch point go ahead jonathan
0: Oh yeah, I'm just gonna say that's a thing also that we really didn't have at all, yeah. like like all of last season. Like if if that sounds maybe like a little bit of an underwhelming, you know, comparison, maybe um, I just go back and remember how clutch guys like Wims and Cager mm-hmm. were for us, mm-hmm. um, and I, we didn't have that all last season. We we did not have that player with that skill set at that position.
2: Yeah, it's it's part of. I'll say it's part of uh, a well-rounded wide receiver room, right? Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, sure, yeah. we would all love to have, you know, Julio Jones and AJ Green out there, like in the same group at the same <laughs> yeah. time. But
1: yeah, not everybody gets Justin Jefferson and um, Jamar Chase. You know, that's, that's that doesn't happen. <laughs> right. But but to your point, when we wanted the contested jump ball, we had to go to Brock Bowers. That's where we had to go. Yeah, I mean, he, to give you those matchup throws, and like you you, made, you said it well, Scott. It's part of a well-rounded receiver room. And um unless you're the Falcons, and that's what all, all of the receivers do. It's just big bodied guys that do that. But anyways, <laughs> the, the um, whole offense. The big whole dudes. Offense. And then um the other one is Dominic Lovett, who if you haven't seen him, he's the he's the catch and run slot receiver. He's the this, the prototypical one. Uh going way back, think like Isaiah McKenzie, I don't think he's that shifty, but that's the type of player you're getting. Better comparison, I said he's a smaller Kieris Jackson.
2: Um, he's yeah, probably- a little more juice. Little more juice.
1: Is he a little bit faster? I really haven't been able to tell, but he's got a little more wiggle. But
2: he is faster in the first 10 yards. His first, his burst, his quickness, that first five, 10 yards, I think really, really good. I think his, you know, top end long speeds, nothing special for, you know, a D1 receiver, but,
1: but he's a catch and run receiver. Do you agree with that assessment, guys? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, Back on the, to smoke buoy. I, I think you're right, David. I think he's probably a star or a safety. I don't really know where they'd want to use him, but he's like 5'11 yeah, about 180, 185. 180-5. Yeah, uh, we don't have 5'11 corners, we do not. Yeah, we have 6'1 corners with like 10 500s, yeah, and yeah. he's not that. He just doesn't fit the physical profile, it yeah. doesn't mean he's not a really good football player. He was really good on offense too. He could have chosen to play offense at Georgia or A and M, uh, but just based on the physical profile and however many years of Kirby and however many DBs they've recruited, I don't,
0: I don't know, I don't know enough about him to say. But just to your point, Scott, I mean, I, I, might would say that Smoke Bowie, based on physical profile, compares most favorably to Christopher Smith. Chris Smith, yeah, that's that, that's which, yeah, which is is the job in the secondary that, that somebody needs to fill. Um, I mean that, that, and Ringo obviously, and, and he's not Ringo. Um, he's not taking that job. So I, I don't know if he's going to be Christopher Smith's replacement, but, um, just in terms of who he looks like, uh,
1: it's, it's him. So this is another question yep. to add to this. Are we getting Tykee Smith back for a super senior year? Yep. He's back. Yes. Okay. So now this will be an interesting question too. In yeah. Spring, is he a star or safety? Is he a star or safety? To me, it mm-hmm. makes the most sense sliding back to safety because the star we had last year, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. was incredible. He got that dog um, in him, he was incredible. So, 23 and 3 class, guys, let's spend a few minutes talking about this. Uh, number two overall class, Scott, I see you added a note that it probably number one in a lot of years.
2: Yeah, it was a
1: very good class. Um, I watched a little bit and I had asked y'all the question. Is there a Mike williams or Malachi Starks? Are we all in agreement that the answer to that is probably no?
2: I think probably no based on the matchup of the guys that are elite and ready to play right away and the mismatch of available playing time right away. Okay, that makes sense, yeah. And, and some of it is just, like, positional. Like, on the defensive line, Jordan Hall is – Really, really good, really good. He's, you know, your six three, six four, three ten, whatever kind of normal oh, okay. defensive moves. tackle kind of guy that looks like he's offsides by five yards every time because <laughs> he's just in the backfield. He's that kind of dude. His high school highlights look a lot like Jalen Carter,
1: mm, like okay. eerily
2: similar, right? Jalen Carter played a lot as a freshman, but mm-hmm. he didn't start from day one mm-hmm. which neither did michael williams so you yeah, know that's true um jamal jarrett is a guy that's actually 6'6 and actually 360 and oh, moves gosh. way better than you're supposed to at that size jordan davis barely played until the florida game is mm-hmm. freshman year so both of those guys if they're jalen carter and jordan davis part two still may not start the whole season yeah cuz Barry Alexander so, was know.
1: supposed to be Jordan Davis 2.0 and he played some but didn't play all the time. Jay.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean to Scott's point, uh there aren't snaps available at the position I'm about to talk about. So, in terms inside, of the, linebacker. <laughs> inside linebacker. Inside <laughs> yeah. linebacker. If if there is a guy that is maybe one of those, there's there's a couple and Raylan Wilson is one of them. Um and and part of it is the speed, right? He Yeah. He- uh, in addition to having prototypical inside linebacker size, also can run a 10 something uh hundred. Oh gosh. Uh, has yeah famously, It's like mid high
2: tens, not low tens, just to be clear. But
0: um, so really he he is a freaky freaky guy. Um, you, you could you could earmark him as one that has as high a ceiling as anybody in this class.
2: I, I'll say this about the inside linebacker group. They brought in three guys. The guy who, who is group. Is the guy that spent a ton of time playing running back also in high school and had mm. I don't know 25 touchdowns a senior year or whatever stupid number. He oh, was gosh. there for bowl, he was there for bowl practices playing linebacker, and you had guys like Tate Ratledge and other offensive linemen talking about how good this kid was. And he's like the runt of the inside linebacker group, right? So it's yeah, it's a real I mean, this is like a N'Kobe Dean, Quay Walker, Channing Tyndall group. But you have, okay. you have Smell Munden and you have uh, Jamon Dumas-Johnson and, and you Walker. have Jalen Walker who might be getting snaps outside. But even then, inside you still have Ryan Davis as a super That's senior true. who yeah, was third in snaps there. You have Xavier sorry uh, For now, we'll see if he's still around after spring or not. I'm
1: surprised he's still it, here. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So there's just not a lot of snaps there, even though those are dudes that yeah. – It could be absolute studs. Um, And to Jonathan's point, there's some guys, in like Rusty Manziel, you know, he's a 247 guy, but he's just a Georgia high school football guy. Like he's a Georgia high school Hall of Fame kind of dude. Like a year ago, he said for his money, Jordan Hall is the best defensive lineman in this upcoming recruiting class nationally. He was ranked like 200th at the time. Oh, wow. And and, And now he's a five star. Because mm-hmm. eventually people notice not, you know. So we're dealing with that, like, you know, potentially Jalen Carter level. But again, hard to start there and dominate day one. Um, a couple other guys that could be at least in the running for playing early on. Tyler Williams at wide receiver is a guy that, you know, former basketball player was a former quarterback and didn't start playing wide receiver until You know, maybe his junior year or something like that, once it was a little more evident, it's like, hey, you can go wherever you want to play wide receiver. And, you know, if you can go play quarterback, like, you don't have so many options, right? How raw is he going to be? How quickly does he get involved? And he's a big body dude and with no AD Mitchell. And if if it plays out that Ra Ra Thomas is uh, less than available for all of the season, (laughs) which is possible. Yeah, there may be an opening for a big physical wide receiver. Yeah,
1: that makes sense.
2: Um, and Janelle Aguero, who is a safety, who is a high, very highly rated safety. There's an opening at safety. There's only so many openings on the defense. So that's mm-hmm. why he's listed here. But he's a really highly rated guy. I don't know, six foot 200 ish, kind of like average size for a safety, but moves well, but is, you know, put together enough where it's not like, oh, he needs to add 20 pounds before he can play kind of guy. Um AJ Harris is a cornerback that because there is technically an opening, mm-hmm. maybe it'll be hard for him to beat out the other really talented cornerbacks that are a year or two ahead of him. Yeah. But he is he is the cornerback that is probably will end up very close to Kirby Smart's heart. Like there's always a defensive back out there that him yep. and Kirby just yep. vibe and like they they get each other. He's Smith. probably yeah they're Chris Smith, Richard LeCount. Yep, you know. LeCount. So anyway, AJ Harris is probably that guy of this group. So that's kind of why he's there. And then, uh, you know, edge. There will be snaps to be had at edge.
1: Yes. Oh gosh, we're thinning outside linebacker. Pro thin is relative, but
2: yeah. But at the same time, you're still gonna have. Chandler's coming back. You'll probably mm-hmm. have Jalen Walker playing there a good bit. And then Which you'll probably sense. have Marvin yeah. Jones Jr. there. And he'll – you know, I expect Jones Jr. will be ahead of the incoming freshman. Um, of the three incoming freshmen at the edge group, uh, Harris, the low, most lowly rated guy, is probably the most likely to play a bunch early. He's a little thicker, a little more put together, more of a guy that will, you know – be nasty and physical against the run kind of guy. The other two guys are a little more, hey, this guy's got serious pass rush, you know, first round upside, but maybe not quite as ready to play football the way they wanted to play football day one. Yeah. Just my opinion. And then the tight end group, which is two guys right now and and maybe a third, are all good. And they a very important all third all play. Yeah, the very important third is Deuce Robinson, who's the number one tight end and he, he's like your six-six receiving first he's tight Kyle end Pitts. kind of guy. That's that's yeah. what he is. He's, uh, he's Darren Waller or Darren yeah, Waller or Kyle, Kyle Pitts kind of guy. But the other two guys we have are good. Lucky uh, Lawson, Lucky of the the famous Lucky mm-hmm. family, which many have played at Georgia, is he might be the smallest tight end on the roster. He's more like Brock Bauer size, but he is also very physical and uh it seems to love blocking uh not that he you know can't catch the ball but that obviously will get you on the field in a hurry mm-hmm.
1: no block no rock jay who are you excited about in this class like just 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 like a favorite player of the ones you're familiar with in this class
0: yeah i am really excited about the tight ends and a lot of that has to do with what we've been doing with our offense right yeah um it's, it's been so fun to watch Munken again, say a little prayer uh, that he continues to be our <laughs> offensive coordinator. It's been so much fun to watch him get creative with that position and to have that elite talent to work with, right? Mm-hmm. While he's cooking up that creativity to, uh, with these guys that are coming in. I really, really like Pierce Sperling. Um, and again, as we just talked about Deuce Robinson, he Deuce Robinson would make the list of, is there a Michael mm-hmm. Williams, of Starks in yes. this class? He's that good, and he is that level of talent. Uh, he absolutely goes on that list if he becomes part of our class.
1: So, um, Jay, but I, Jay, we got interrupted because I apparently in cheap and didn't pay for good enough technology for our podcast. So, but you're talking about how we're going to be weak, weak on the outside edge of the defense, and I think we've this is something we've all talked about. Like we got through the game at Ohio State, we were literally out of edge players because they had all cramped or gotten hurt. Um, and so that's why I move like Jalen Walker. To the outside seems to make a lot of sense, especially when you look at body type. He kind of fits that anyway, mm-hmm. um, but you're right. Like it's Chandler's and no other experience. I and mean, then we talked about Marvin Jones, Marvin Jones Jr. Playing out there. Some, I think he's more of a defensive end, but I mean, he, obviously he's a good enough athlete to play out there. Michael Williams is most definitely a defensive end, but you're talking about just ain't a lot of snaps out there.
2: I would not be surprised if we brought in another transfer guy Mm. as an outside linebacker, as an edge kind of guy, I also wouldn't be surprised if we don't, uh, you know, if the season was starting today, I would think that you would be playing Jalen Walker and Chaz Chambliss as your two outside guys. And then Mm -hmm. in pass rush situations, Chambliss out Jones jr. In,
1: Mm, and that's
2: kind of your group, you know? And that being said, I don't know. We play with only three linebackers, not four, the majority of the time anyway. Yeah, yeah. So how many snaps are there for those outside linebacker types? And we don't really play with two outside linebackers all the time anyway. That's true. And that's and you look true. at it, as far as like your down linemen, guys like Michael Williams is a little bit more of a traditional edge guy, defensive yeah, end, hand-to-the-ground kind of guy than we normally have. So from team construction standpoint, you maybe can get by with, with what you have and the group that's there now. So, and I also think as far as the defensive middle goes, uh, you know, high on bear Alexander, I don't know how I feel about our inside D line group as a whole Hmm. because you lost Jalen Carter. We lost Jalen Carter and we lost so many guys the year before. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was last year. It was a lot of guys that are good players, but Jalen Carter was the one guy that really was a difference maker. Right, and now your real difference maker is gone. So you need somebody to step up and be that difference maker, and we don't have anybody that has already done that. It's like last year, Jalen Carter, it was like, okay, he's already been that dude. So maybe Bear Alexander becomes that dude, and we're good to go. Or maybe we just have a bunch of really good defensive linemen. Yeah, Brinson,
1: Logue, um, Alexander – like it's a lot, you said it's a lot of good college football players.
2: Um yeah, a lot of future NFL guys, but yeah, not a lot of top ten picks. That's fair. That's fair. But I do see
1: Jay to your point, watch strength because even when Jalen Carter was out, it was still a very good defensive front when he wasn't playing without yeah. him. But he yep. obviously a guy like that, or Jordan Davis, or Devontae Wyatt, or Trayvon Walker, and yes, we had them all at the same time, which is this is still dumb to say raises the ceiling for you being like hey a good defense to like hey all-time
2: defense i would say another one of the strengths in general is just going to be offensive line you know and bringing back ratledge trust Mims, those four guys that have started a lot of games or, or played a lot and you're kind of locked in and at least four starters already team
0: um do we think mems is a left tackle
2: i don't know Probably? I kind of think they maybe just keep him at right. Yeah, I mean, strategy. maybe, but I don't know
0: if so. I mean, honestly, I, I think Ernest green might've been as high as anybody on the depth chart in terms of yeah. guys who were back <laughs> this year. Okay. Um, so that probably means he was already playing his butt off in camp and, and yeah. probably is going to get a hard look this spring, which is good. But um, boy, you ready to plug him in at left tackle? I don't know. I'm not Ooh, so sure that yeah. doesn't slide over to the left.
2: Green was getting the second team left tackle snaps last year and Mims he, was taking the second team right tackle. Yeah, he so, wasn't really good. I mean, Green yeah, was so, really good. Yeah, to some degree, they felt comfortable with Green at left and Mims at right, but it, we'll see. Maybe, you know, maybe Mims goes to left. That's certainly, you know, on this, you know, 1 to 10, how surprising is it? It's like a 1.5, like not a surprise that Mims goes to left because the physical profile in left tackle.
1: And I think Austin Blassett could be in the mix at right tackle if, uh, if, yeah, if Mims yeah. bumps over. So before this thing blows up, because I think that's what's about to happen here. Um, I agree with, I think y'all both put on here that running back is going to be a strength. I mean, it's, is it ever not a strength? I mean, I wouldn't have gone into this passage and saying it was a strength, but it wasn't a weakness. I wasn't worried about it. And mm-hmm. I think this year, if you have this a healthy is Kendall, always Milton, solid. Yeah. If you have a healthy Kendall Milton who like is a top three round running back, if he's healthy, maybe even better than that. It could be better than solid, but even if it's just what we had last year, we just have a bunch of good college football players. Like we talked about, it could be really good. Now, Branson Robinson turns into your next Sonny Michelle or whoever. Well, then your ceiling goes up even more. And apparently he wasn't even the best freshman running back we had last year.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Running back is, you know, definitely a bit of wait and see because Robinson may be ready to be that dude. And, if Kendall Milton gives you a full season of being healthy. Ooh, yeah. Milton and Robinson and Edwards is could be really really good. And also Milton could be hurt and you know, Robbins could still have some growing pains. Yeah. So, yeah. I
0: don't I don't think it's hard at all to make the argument that this year's group of offensive weapons is probably better than last year's. The big question of course is Trigger man. Who, who distributes the ball to those weapons? Yeah. Um,
2: Brock Bowers.
1: <laughs> um, and so, as we wrap up here, we had we had at the bottom of our sheet, um, our show sheet, one of the areas of concerns replacing unicorns, and that included Jalen Carter, Donald Washington, and Stetson Bennett. So, <laughs> who who put, who put that on the sheet? Who was that? But but Stetson's um, agent. But in all seriousness. The scuttle I've heard is that um, Carson Beck struggles a little bit upstairs. I don't know if that's true at all. Um, I don't know if y'all have heard those same kind of rumors.
2: That, like, <laughs> every every picture I see of him tells me those rumors are confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> he just – he looks like a dude that lives on the beach. That's all I'm saying.
1: Um, it's So that's the rumor. But having seen him up close, dude's got crazy arms out. He's more athletic like, than you think. Obviously – If he is a passable starting quarterback, like you just mentioned, Jonathan, the weapons are there. Um, But if he's not, man, is Gunnar Stocks going to be the five-star, four-star blue chipper we hope he could be? And could he be that this year? Um, Is Brock Vandergrift going to turn anything? That's probably the single biggest air concern is we don't need stellar quarterback play. And I say that we just had a housing trophy finalist. But the year before, we had a quarterback carousel and we won the national championship the year before that, we had a quarterback carousel. We were still very good. Um, can we even get passable quarterback play? And that's probably the biggest question Mark going into this off
2: season. Well, I really the- think like from a percentage standpoint, you're almost guaranteed to get decent to pretty good quarterback play just because I don't know, probably any three of those guys could come in and be like, a league average quarterback yeah
0: right the other thing is i mean what do we think of the chances that we have all three of those guys on the team this fall
1: oh no the backup the, the third string quarterback is gone.
2: i don't actually know if that's
0: true i hmm. if if the third string quarterback is or stockton i don't think he's gone that's fair um, okay if if the third string quarterback is brock coming yeah. out of spring is vandergriff yeah. or Beck, then he's right
1: probably gone okay. yeah so that's a great overview to pick up with in about a month when hopefully i get to go visit spring practice UGA. we'll see if that happens as of right now my computer is smoking beeping and i think about the blow up so guys we're going to call it a night probably a little shorter than we mean it, we want it to be uh thank you guys so much for being willing to jump on this is david the Title run sports podcast scott to the people adios repeat and dr j to the people adios Dynasty. That's it for today. Thank you for listening.